Motown rundown rolling once again. What day is it, guys? Friday? It's Friday? Really? It is. All right. Friday, June 26th, as we are recording uh, episode 72. Maybe. Who knows? Kind of lost track. Uh, boys, how are we doing? Let's check in. The world is starting to kind of open up, and it's about to shut back down again, too. How are we feeling? How's everyone looking? I'm going to say this, dude. Like, the last like, two weeks, I've, like, felt like, Oh, we're going to get over this and stuff because Michigan and like compared to everyone in the rest of the country was doing pretty well. And then this Harper's thing's happen Harper's thing happens in East Lansing and now I'm paranoid again to go anywhere. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I hate coronavirus. It is the worst thing ever. What it is worse. It's so like I, I'm over the part where it's like, oh, it ruins sports. Yeah, that stinks. But like I just, like, what are we doing? Like, how is everyone else, like, better than us at this? Like, why couldn't the rest of – like, why didn't we just all shut down at the same time? I just don't get that. Yeah. It's so uh, so demoralizing. It's just a – it's not it. Like, if everyone else was struggling as much as we were, I would be like, yeah, it is what it is. I'm looking at Canada. They got, like, 200 cases. I'm like, guys, what – we got, like, 300,000. Yeah, I know. Everyone's too too arrogant, dude. Everyone's so everyone's so caught up in what they got to do, and it's not even political. I don't get it. I know. I know. Wear a mask. Just wear and the I understand wearing a mask is not gonna stop the spread, but like it makes me feel better. So just wear it. Like, can we just all like? I need the mental like. I I need to feel mentally okay to like go outside, and I, I need a mask in the mix if we're going to go out to a restaurant, which I think is safe to go to a restaurant, not Harper's though, right, Rabs? Yeah, uh, I would stay away from Harper's. Recent, <laughs> uh, obviously the recent outbreak in, uh, in East Lansing. 50 people. Is it 50 now? Yeah. Whatever, man. You know, it's it just. Whatever, man. Here's my thing. Ready for, here's, here's, here's how I solve this. I agree that the math should be mandatory, but I am going to invent a mask that has a zipper for a mouth hole so you can chew and drink and then zip yourself back up when you're done taking your bite. No, How it's about not that? even that. It, I have solved it's coronavirus. Not, it's not even that. Just I'm not even like in wearing a mask somehow became political. I'm just saying just wear a mask when you're like within six feet of people. It's not a big deal. Like, like it's not a big deal. But yeah. the Harper's thing – I think everyone's like Rab said it last. I think two weeks ago when the restaurant started to open, you're like, "Yeah, probably not a good idea to go to Harper's. It's a little sketchy there." And looking at like the videos on Twitter of like tables falling down of people like on the dance floor, like, <laughs> like what did they expect? No one was gonna give a shit. Yeah, well, look, that's the, I was telling Trent before the show too, man. Like you had to expect when things open back up, people are going to continue to get the virus. Yeah. For and sure. it's just a matter of making intelligent decisions for your own personal sake. And for the sake of other people of what to do and what not to do. I'll admit. Yeah. The, the, the Harper's line packed the, like the, the patio <laughs> packed. Like it was, it was a mess, but I, it's, people are just getting so anxious to do something. I mean, like I sit around, I'm like, I got nothing to do. I, 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 I might just start like collecting rocks or something. I might just go walk around the entire city and collect rocks. 
I don't I, have an I, answer. I'm so glad I'm not in charge of this stuff. Could you imagine being like the guy that called dude, the shots? Oh. I'd be. I'd it would be unbelievably brutal. Like, uh, like you would. Medicine. Just make the vaccine. I know. Someone please, make the vaccine. Please, God. Fauci. Where's Fauci? I don't know. He said we're to have one by like the end of the year or maybe before that. What happened maybe. to that guy? Is he alive? Yeah, I don't know. Good. I, the, the, are, what are you? What camp are you guys in though? When you like, do you guys like are hardcore? You stay involved in every news story. No, where you're at? don't like, even point, dude. No interest. That, I don't know. I, I, I like heard the thing, like the first two weeks, that's where I got all my information. It's probably a dumb thing, but I'm just kind of like, I'm going to go off that stuff because there's so many things just flying around. I, like, cause no one knows what the hell yeah, coronavirus dude, is. You like, can't, the, my thing is like, you can't get any of your news on Twitter. You can't. That's the only place I get my news. And, and then you're, <laughs> then you're hearing all the wrong stuff, my friend. No, I would agree. Twitter used to be like good in that aspect where you could get, like, news and stuff. There's too many people with check marks. Twitter is still a good source of news for certain things, but it's like when we have a global pandemic and everyone's a keyboard warrior, we kind of just – you're not yeah, going to get very reliable. Everyone's fighting all the time. Everyone's always fighting on Twitter. No one's ever happy. They, they're ever. handing out blue check marks like it's, like, candy. That's what has got me confused because these random people who have blue yeah. check marks, I'm like, oh, they got some credibility. But they probably don't. Like, like they knew people have check marks. First of all, how did Impact not get blue check marks? I would love to have a blue check mark. <laughs> I don't. We, we should all have one. Dude, that would well, just I mean, even though we have like three hundred followers, like, public figures, yeah. that would get so much clout if we had check marks. Did the same news pay for that? Yeah, I think you have to. How, how do you like? Like, how much do you think it is to get verified? Because I would pay for it. I have no idea. I how much, are, it rats, how much would you pay for a verification on Twitter? How much would I pay for a verification? Yeah. $10. If I had it no. on me, $10. Who cares, no. dude? Dude, it, it, I, I'm not a cloud chaser or anything. With the blue check mark, sure. stuff happens when you got the blue check mark. You got 20. some people <laughs> sliding into the DMs. Get 20. It. 20? I think I would pay 50. 50. That's fair. If I had, I, w- I, I was going to say I do 50. 50. Maybe I would What's uh, How about we get to some, some good stuff? How was everyone's Father's Day? We missed that. It was good. I mean, I, I didn't see it? my dad. Father's Day gets the short end of the stick compared to Mother's Day. And then it's pretty yep. well known. Dads are just hard to shop for, I feel like. I got my dad a laser, a golf laser. He's fired oh, up nice. about that. I need one of those. I'm supposed to get new clubs. I'm planning a golf trip at the end of July to go up to Boyne to play a couple rounds. I got, I've, dude, I've had the same Walter Hagen Jr. set for a decade. It's unbelievable. Oh, man, that's, yeah. And I'm you, still firing 78s. Just one. Allegedly. 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 Dude, I, it, it, happened. <laughs> it happened. Walter Hagen Jr. set? How long it's have you brutal, had those? dude. 10 to 12 years. I'm a, I don't yeah. do that. I'm, I'm, I make no excuses. Broke, like you haven't broken a shaft yet? Just taking a Never. practice one? Dude, the things the, the shafts are made out of, like, industrial steel. Like, it's not even a real golf <laughs> club. They're not even real golf clubs. But I still, I, I'm still a legend with them, but whatever. Let me, let me uh, buy them off you. Yeah. You Actually, no, I've got to give them to my brother. That's my brother's, uh, my brother's birthday present is going to be my old golf clubs. There I'm you go. I bought them off as new. I'm going to shine them up. Trent, you don't golf, though. 
I don't. That's why I was saying. Yeah. Give me some beginner clubs. Yeah. I, I literally won't be able to tell the difference. It's kind of like when I bought my bass guitar, it was $80. Nice. You, know, you know how much like a good bass guitar costs? Like $400. Mine for 80. I don't know. You, you could tell me any number how much a guitar costs, and I would believe you. Like You could <laughs> tell me it was like $7,000 for a bass guitar, but yeah. I got mine but, used for 100 Lefty. Hard to find. Jimmy I am also a lefty, which is why I bought mine online because I couldn't find any in the store that I liked that were lefty. Yes, so, no. can someone explain to me what a lefty guitar is? What's the difference? The other way Strong around. with your left it's hand. The, it's the other way around. So yeah, like, can't you just turn the no, guitar? No, the the, the, the strings. The strings are upside down. Honestly, Colin's like in no idea. Good. You could. Put it this way, Jimmy Hendrix was a lefty, and he used to play a right-handed guitar, flip it, and string it upside down. That way it was right side up for him. But there's still little things. Like Guitars your are too bars in the wrong place. Your, uh, what do they call these? The things you tune the strings with will be on the bottom instead of the top. There's just little things. Like, yeah, I don't know. Once you guys started explaining that, my mind just went a million different places, and I didn't <laughs> understand a word you just said. Collins, you look like some, someone that just has no musical ability. Zero. Uh, I would say my best musical ability is like kazoo. Not even like Ooh, in the car. Good. When I like turn the car on and it's like I, I every station I know a song on. Know what I mean? Like I got a good variety of like oh this I, this guy knows a little bit about music. Can't yeah. sing. Can't do anything with the drums. I told you I got kicked out of my rock band group because I was yes, so bad. Yeah, with the drums. that was you're tough the to agent. To. You're the agent, not the client. Yeah. Marketing guy. Um, first of all, before we get rolling here to our listeners, uh, we I, again not in the studio still. I've been We're promising we've been back in the studio. I but I don't get that. I don't get that. If we to get fit an outbreak at Harper's, you think Michigan State's gonna open up their campus? Above my pay grade, I guess. Either way, we're still not in the studio, uh, so no Facebook lives or anything. But you can follow us on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. We're on Facebook, too. Just search Motown Rundown. We post all episodes there. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so subscribe, follow us, all that jazz, whatever. Uh, we have a ton to do today. We actually are covering all four teams in this podcast for the first time in I don't even know how long. But uh, we have news all over the board. Who Let's go Russian roulette. Who wants, what team did we do first? Red let's let's draw out of a hat. Colin says red wing. What hat, Trent? You you can use your hat. <laughs> Fan radio. Let's just do Red Wings. Let's do okay. Red Wings first. Don't expect day today for about five ten minutes. No, Trent, you can you can weigh in first. That was a this joke. is a big day. Mark this down in your calendar. June twenty sixth, twenty twenty, could be a potential day that has changed the franchise forever. Well, uh, the NHL draft lottery is tonight. Well, so, when our listeners listen to this, we'll already know. Don't know. Don't know. So, it's a little right. like we, we could have some bad tapes here, which yes, I like. We can. Oh, which by I, the way, b- before I forget, uh, shout out Ken Holland, newest member of the Hockey Hall of Fame 2020 class. Marion Hosa also inducted into that class as well. I don't know Marian if people Hossa. consider like Marion Hosa a, a part of the Red Wings. I mean, you no, know, he was. He was nasty. He absolutely was. It should have paid him instead of Franzen. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, but to Ken Holland, say what you will about Ken Holland, and I know like towards the end of his tenure here, people were, were kind of getting fed up with the way he was running the team and maybe him not really having a pulse on what needed to happen as far as what the rebuild goes. But when you think Red Wings history, especially our lifetime, Ken Holland's a part of it. He deserves to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, it is kind of interesting that, like, I don't know what the – 
I don't want to say guy not I don't want to go the route of like guys that are living, but guys that are still active. I wonder what like the numbers are as far as guys that get put in when they're still in the league. I mean, obviously Hosa's career was cut kind of short with injury and whatnot. So um shout out to Ken Holland, well deserved uh legend, newest hockey hall of famer. Um uh, but the big news obviously okay, go ahead, Colin. Sorry. I want to say something about Ken Holland. I don't understand people like trying to trash Holland or like, oh Scotty Bowman and all that like they, they were paying, like, 10 Hall of Famers. Like, what do you expect? The Redmonds had the best international scouting, like, I, like in hockey for about, yes. like, 15 years. So, give them credit for that. Shout out Ken Holland. Correct. And late-round picks, too. Don't people forget. Yeah, all international for like too. Six and seven-round picks. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's the big thing now. Again, as I said, June 26th, we're sitting here, so this might be a bit dated depending on when you're listening to it. NHL draft lottery is tonight. This is like the biggest – I think this is the biggest thing happening in the city right now as far as sports go. This might be the most exciting thing that we have. Do you think um, people care, though? Okay, see, that's a good point because if you're a Red Wings fan, like this is like watching Game 7 of the Stanley Cup tonight. It's like this is all you've had for the past – this is huge, dude. It's no, I, I think it's huge, I don't, too. I, I, don't I know want to like ask people... Trent. Trent, do you, uh, Trent, are you tuning in tonight? <laughs> you know what? I probably will. No, you won't, Trent. No, you won't. Don't lie, lie to lie me. my face. That's a, I'll, follow, I'll follow along. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Collins. It's like the people that are Red Wings fans or, or hockey fans in this city, I think, are really, really into it. And for the most part, people – even if you're even if you're not into, like, the X's and O's and stats of – who these players are that are coming into this year's draft. You at least have heard the buzz about this Lafreniere kid for at least a year or two. So I think people, for the most part, that are Wings fans understand the gravity of what getting number one can get you. Um, but for the rest of the city, again, I don't know for a guy like Trent, if, if he cares, let alone understands what's going on here. No disrespect, Trent, because you're, no. you're a weapon in other areas. Throw it all at me. Because I don't. This is just, look, no, the but, Wings... like, I don't think the NHL or, like, MLB, like, are you, like, tuning on to TSN or NHL Network to watch this? Because I'll just follow along on Twitter. I, it's I, not like I, the NBA lottery with me. Yeah, I mean, I, I will just because, look, it's my team that has a chance to get number one. And with, like, the Tigers, obviously, they don't have a draft lottery, so it's not as exciting. Same with the NFL. You just watch your team stink all year long and you show up. NBA lottery, too. Like The Pistons don't have a real shot at getting number one, so that's yeah, one do. where I'm like, okay. Yeah, they well, do. How dare – come on, you got to believe, Rams. Come on. Okay, fair enough. But I think with the Red Wings – oh, don't, for, don't forget I have a big announcement today. Don't only forget. But uh, either way, um, yeah, the Wings have an 18.5% chance of, of getting the number one pick. The thing that sucks is Ottawa has the second best odds right behind them, and they have two picks that could potentially get them the number one pick. So if the Wings don't get number one tonight, I actually think I, I would be devastated because this is you have, you have an opportunity here, Collins, I'll let you go in a sec, but you have an opportunity here to draft a player who is a consensus number one pick there is no other option, and he has been that way since he's been 16 years old, is now sitting here as an, as an 18-year-old, being Alexi Lafreniere. So with 18.5%, you would think, in theory, that pick is yours, but the way the draft lottery has shaken out for many teams in the past couple of years, you just don't know. And if they, don't, if they get number one, I will be elated because you speed your rebuild up by a year or two, getting a guy that will play in the NHL, when the season starts next year, 
But other than that, I it, it's exciting. But again, if they don't get number one, I'll be crushed. Is this a one-player draft, though? Like, say they if they get in the top three, is it like a draft for what draft was it? McDavid, Line, and someone else, Matthews, maybe all in one draft. draft. Matthews was a different draft. I think. I think the Matthews. I believe Matthews and was Line it Line? A? Yeah. Well, it was it was Matthews and Line, a, and it might have been the someone Cow- else. Yeah. Well, who's nasty? Matthews and Line a was like that was the who's going one or two, and then the Capo Caco, as we talked about, and Jack Hughes. That was another one where you're like Jack Hughes is probably the consensus number one, but you never know. So, so I understand what you're saying as far as like, look, in in my eyes, the way this draft goes. It's going to go Lafreniere at one, Quinton Byfield at two, and then Drysdale, the defenseman from – I think he plays for Erie at number three. And to go one, two, three there, I think all those guys are going to be quality players in the NHL. But this is a draft where, yes, you look at a guy like Connor McDavid. That was the guy going number one in his draft. Lafreniere is the guy going number one. I got to go look at Connor McDavid's draft again. But you keep going with your stuff because that's no, a good point. What, what I meant is, like, say the wins fall to three and they take one of those two guys. Are you still like, oh, this guy could be a franchise cornerstone? Or is it like when they got Sedina, you're like, oh, he could become a nice piece. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think – oh, yeah, so I, I'm sorry. You're right, Collins. That that uh, that draft in 2015 was McDavid, then Jack Eichel went number two. So that was another, another like, example of, yeah. of where one-two you really can't miss, even though McDavid is probably the best player to ever play the game, in my eyes at this point, seeing a, a, a small sample size. How can you say that? Because he's – like four he's years. He's they made amazing. the playoffs like once. Doesn't, the team stinks. He's amazing. Okay. Um, but cool. I digress. No, I, I think – if, if the Red Wings were to fall to number two and get Quinton Byfield, I mean, having a good two-way center is, is a luxury to have in the NHL. And you look at the Wings roster, and I think where a lot of people might get things mixed up is, for, for whatever reason, it seems like the defense gets picked on a lot, is not having a lot of depth. I really think – well, between Philip Pronick and you have Moritz Sider, Jared McIsaac, you haven't really seen it a lot. There's some names that are on the defensive front that, that I think can really be, you know, top four defensemen in the NHL, let alone on your team. They might have to be a top two. But, you know, I, I look at the rest of the roster between, between centers and, and wingers. Like, dude, they got – if you're telling me your second best center behind Larkin is Franz Nielsen, you got a problem because the guy's making way too much money and he's old and he stinks. So, to, to really – for the wings – I don't even think that they're at a point where they have to go – they have to nitpick for positions so much as, like, they just got to get best player available. And best player available outside of two, I think, is where you kind of have a toss-up and you might have a difference of opinions of, you know, is it Jamie Drysdale, the defenseman from Erie? Is it a Cole Perfetti who plays in Saginaw, who's an unbelievably skilled player? Um, so that's kind of where it's a toss-up to me after two. But one-two to me goes Lafreniere and Byfield. No question. And if you get stuck, I don't want to say get stuck with, if you get Byfield at two, you have a six foot four centerman who can put the puck in the net and can play both ends of the ice. And I'm fine there, but I'm telling you, it's the same thing of like, you bring up the 2015 draft, you have Eichel and McDavid. Those are your two names. People are not talking about Quentin Byfield the way they're talking about Jack Eichel, where if you don't get one, you're fine at two. It's not the same. It's okay. just not. Th- that was my question. That's what, and I'm happy you answered it like that because I think five this, happens, minutes, yes. this happens a lot, and I think the NBA, too, 
Where last year it's like, okay, Zion's going one. Like he's a can't miss. Yeah. Jaw's going two. He's going to be nice. And then after that, it's like, oh, I guess we have to pick RJ Barrett. Are they that that's like the thing, especially with the lottery. I just if the wins are at like they get screwed and they're at four or five again this year. Like I just I would like them to draft a defenseman. And I understand you don't draft that high in the draft necessarily on a need, especially in the NHL when there's so many players. But, like, if you're not going to get the most dynamic of those players, why not to try and fill up, like, a need that you haven't had since basically Lidstrom and Rafalski have left the organization? Yeah, you know, this this draft, too, especially if you look at the central scouting rankings, at least for the North American players, it's pretty top-heavy as far as your best available players. A lot of them are centermen. A lot of the good defensemen this year are more on the European side. So, yeah, I, I think Jamie Drysdale, as I told you, I think it's going to go a lot from your – again, the draft is not tonight. So I know we have a long ways away yeah, yeah. Before, we, before we get into all that. Um, but I, I do think it will be a Lafreniere byfield Drysdale. I meant from there it's a toss-up. So if the wings do get screwed somehow and go down to a four or five, I would have to imagine your attention turns to Cole Perfetti, who I actually think will be a pretty skilled uh, and dynamic player at the NHL level. He had some great numbers in Saginaw. He's really fun to watch too. But, but again, to get back to your question, uh, outside of one and two, it, it's not like a – this isn't a draft where you have one through five is set and these are your top guys, at least in my opinion. So, uh, again, you look, at the, you look at the Red Wings as far as their, their organizational depth chart, man. It, I mean, I think on the, on the side of the wingers, you feel a bit more comfortable. You have a Robbie Fabry who I'm sure you'll try to keep around, Bertuzzi. Um, I don't know what Rasmussen's deal is if they plan on playing him at center or winger. Um, but uh, again, up the middle there, other than Dylan Larkin and Joe Valeno, I don't really know who you feel good about uh, at center. I really don't. I yeah. mean, you know, but Philpiel is not going to be on your team for the next five years. Franz Nielsen, I would trade him tomorrow if you could. Um, so that's what a bad contract. Yeah, it just you know that's again that's where again Ken Holland gets some gets some flag for that. But either way, eighteen point five percent chance to get the first pick tonight. I'm telling you guys, I'm going to be texting you as this thing goes on. I will be heartbroken if they don't get one. If they fall out of if they fall out of the two slot too, I might not be able to live with myself anymore. I wanted to say this before we moved on: the Wins just need to hit on a draft pick. Like, and, and I think they did on Larkin. How long? How long has Larkin been in the league? Like five uh, years. I think I think he was also the fourteen or sixteen I, draft. I thought he was on the team. I think I was a senior in high school when he broke in. But like, ever like you see that all around like the NHL or like guys like second round pits. Maybe is Elias Pedersen was a second round pitch from Vancouver, right? And he's nasty. I don't know if he was a second. I think he was the sixth pick overall. I'm I, an I idiot. Then. No, yeah, that's your fault. You're fine. No, I fifth overall, was, fifth overall in 2017. Damn it, Larkin but, was but, <laughs> 14. You're right. No, but Collins, you you make a good point, and I'm sorry they to just, cut you like off. their draft picks have not been up. Like, right, and, and I understand right. this is a new trend in NHL where guys are able to make an impact immediately, and they don't really have to go to the American League. But it would be nice to have a piece. It's like, oh, we draft this guy like Sedina. Let's say Sedina, like they like he came up year two and was like, oh, this guy's gonna be a difference maker. Just get someone I like. I I believe in is going to contribute to the future. Because honestly, I don't know about Sedino. He's been a little bit shaky for my liking for the fifth pick in the draft. So you know what I'm saying? 
So get yeah, someone yes. who's going to be productive. And I yeah, know that I mean, sounds pretty simple and stupid, <laughs> but that, that's just all. Get someone I want. To, I can be excited about. They don't even have to be good in five years. Give me some reason to watch the team the next two to three years. Yeah, I, I agree. And I hope, again, tonight uh, we'll find out where the wings are picking and the draft is not going to be for a while because they still have, like, it's the whole phase oh. one, phase two things, depending on where people pick and the, the other uh, – the teams that are still playing, there's some things to shake out there. But either way, that's going on tonight. I'm either going to have – an I'm going to be extremely excited tonight or I might just go to bed at, like, 9 o'clock when they get screwed and then that's it for the rest of my life. But, uh, Trent, anything to add before we move on? Any wings analysis they, from you? Yeah. No, nope, I'm going to lock in, though. I'll tell you what, I'm going to lock in. And, and I will say locked. right now, after <laughs> – what, what's the guy's name again? Sorry, the center, the two-way center. Alex, oh, the two – Quentin Byfield. Byfield. Everything you just said, I'm all in on Byfield. If, if we if we, if we we uh, end up doing it too. Dude, Alexi might be, like, maybe the greatest name ever for a uh, hockey or soccer yes. player. Like, you can't go wrong in either of those sports. Like, when he was born and his, like, parents gave him the name Alexi, they are like, okay, this guy's either tearing it up in the English Premier League or he's the first pick in the draft in the NHL. Or like lacrosse, like legend. Eh. Eh. Yeah, Does he have good hair? Lacrosse. I feel like all Watsies no. have good hair. Nah, it's standard hair. Standard hair? Is it standard better than hair. mine? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whoa, yeah. So he has good hair then. Whose hair are you guys talking about? Lafreniere? My hair. Alexi Lafreniere's hair. Compared to my hair. I have good hair. What are you talking about? I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> all right, and moving on from Colin's okay. hair. Don't incriminate yourself. Don't incriminate yourself, Trent. Um, okay, uh, what's next? Trent, you get to pick. Tigers, Lions, or Pistons? Let's do – let's uh, let's save Lions for last. That's kind of our – that's kind okay. of our pick, isn't it? Sure. That's the most noteworthy thing, probably. Yeah. So we'll talk about What that. happened with the Lions? I don't even know what happened. The oh, yeah. We got a new owner. <laughs> save it for the end. Trent, Tigers <laughs> or Lions? Tigers. Okay, Tigers, we'll get rolling here. Baseball's back. I don't know. Again, I still don't I, – I feel like they didn't reach an agreement, but they're playing baseball. I don't really understand the whole situation. Well, Baseball's they, they did uh, – like, the thing that sucks and, like, what we talked about earlier in the show is, like, it's back, but everyone's kind of like, eh, like they're going to Arizona and Florida where coronavirus is spiking. And it's like, eh, like, I don't know if this is going to happen, which sucks. Yeah, because but, after all the bitching and moaning that's happened over the last couple of weeks, now it's like I don't really think it's gonna happen, even though they agreed to it. Uh, yeah. Either way, the MLB and the Players Association have agreed to a sixty-game season. Uh, it, they're gonna use, as Colin said, Arizona. We all, everyone knows the logistics of what they're trying to do. Um, but apparently now individual workouts are going on. Uh, Comer Governor Whitmer, too, in Michigan also passed that the pro sports can continue without fans. I don't know if that, like, changes anything that was supposed to happen as it is, but Comerica Park is now being used, I guess, for training. The Tigers did say, too, there was a staff member and a player that was unnamed that have, that tested positive. So that's, that's to me, where the MLB um, – the NBA, I think, is doing – by, by, by making their hub just the one place, I think they're doing things right because for, like, the NHL and MLB – these players are allowed to work out individually, but they're also – they're not being prevented from, like, going back to their families and mixing in a society. So you – that's 
I, I, that's the one thing that like, makes me nervous about the MLB, especially as you said, Collins, is like if these players are doing individual workouts, not with the teams and not staying at their own facilities, like that could be a problem. I, the thing I'm like, I've kind of like thought about like everything and like, I think it's kind of good though that like people are like so nervous that people are getting tested and they're like, these numbers are coming out from these NBA players. I think it was like 18 NBA players had it 16, or something. 16, I think, yeah. Something, something like that. that. And there's going to be a lot of college football players that have it. And there's going to be a lot of like NHL. Like, I think it's good though. They're getting tested. They're going to quarantine. They're going to get the proper medical help they need that they probably wouldn't get unless they were doing that. The problem is like, and what you're seeing on the PGA tour is the like possibility of it just spreading. Just like the PGA tour. It's like, Oh, they only have one case. Now it's two. Now it's another two. Like how, how do we like stop this? And it just becomes like a ripple effect. That's the only issue, but people are going to test positive if they want to do this. Like there are risks. to it, And Absolutely. And people are so, like, down on the fact that like, one person tests positive, it's like it's going to cause an outbreak. It might. It honestly might cause an outbreak. You I don't – like, I – for the coronavirus for the next 10 years. Like, people just need to – like you said, it's going to have – It's a risk. Yeah. It's a risk. And you just have – if you want sports back, you have to be willing to take that risk. And, like, these guys – and the athletes want it back. It's not just the fans. They want to make their money. Yeah, so like their money and they they want it's like the whole the whole baseball thing with tell me when and where. Yeah, like it, it people are like you're forcing them into this bubble. No, yeah. the majority of them want to go back and make the money that they they signed a contract for at least and, a pro rated version. And they have the option, like you see. Yes, NBA, I, I, do, does MLB have an option? I don't know actually. I know the NBA does. The NBA does. I'm not sure if the MLB does, but at any rate. I am just excited that we're going to get baseball, if we do. Hopefully. Because, you know what, like – Jordan Zimmerman, Scion, 50-game schedule. Let's go. Last – He might know, not make it. Yeah. This, this season's a <laughs> he sprint. won't make it to game 60. This season's a sprint, so you never know. We could have something fun like that. Maybe he could win, like, MVP. My, my buddies in this group chat, so it gets agreed to, and they're a bunch of Tigers fans. And I'm just getting, like, text message, dude – I, I kind of believe them this year. You, you get Mize and like you get Mize up at the end of the year. They're rolling into the playoffs. Well, dude, like do you remember? You remember last year they were seven and three through the first ten. Yeah, no, and they're like hammer over twenty two. Yeah, we're gonna win over twenty yeah. two. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's a good. Uh, that's one of the things I did want to talk about today. Was it's of course I guess with the sixty game sprint, everyone seems to assume that anything is possible. Yep. So it's like it's March Madness. Does anyone – do you guys actually believe – can one of you guys actually sell me the Tigers have a somewhat chance of – I don't even know if, if you want to attack it for making the playoffs or winning the World Series. What do you think is a legitimate ceiling for this team given a 60-game sprint? Well, the playoffs is expanded, right? More people yes. are making it, right? Yes. So, I like, there's a scenario. Like, baseball is such a long, like – season like we've seen it before we're like I, I don't know if it was the Justin Upton right when they got him or whatever whenever they made that trade for Alfredo Simon when like the Tigers started like 12 and 3 I don't even think they made the playoffs that year I could be completely wrong but you know what I'm talking about like that yeah. could happen in baseball baseball's weird like that where like maybe gets hot and like the, the Tigers are like wow they've won 10 in a row 
to start the year. And then they're in a position to probably make the playoffs because if they go 500, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Yeah, probably. And and look, I, I guess a ceiling for me would be maybe they can win the Central. They're not going to. Uh, the Central stinks. It's not that They're good. Like, obviously, the, the Twins are coming off an impressive season. And I don't know, for some reason, I feel like the Indians are always just going to be in the mix. But then it's like, dude, this division is just not good. That, like, the Indians still have Kluber. Did they trade him yet? Who? Kluber. Is he Kluber? still in the Indians? Let me look on that. That's a good question, know. dude. I don't think he is. Is he in the That's Rangers? a great question. Dude, um, I, I don't get the Indians. They get, like, generational players who are like, yeah, can't pay the guy. We got to trade him. I'm like, what's the point of having a franchise? Dude? They took a step back. The Indians have taken a step back. The Royals are still a mess. I think the Indians have taken a step back. White Sox, the Sox, White, White Sox and Twins. Dude, the That's White the Sox, team. again, the White Sox are a team that built it right, man. Their rebuild is starting to come to fruition. They have a couple players that you're like, these are guys I want to watch play that the Tigers just don't, at least outside of the – the arms they have. So Timmy Anderson's so cool. For for me, I it'd be nice to drink the Kool-Aid with the Tigers and somehow convince oh, myself that they can win like 35 to 40 games and make the playoffs. I genuinely don't care. From bait for baseball to go to a 162 you don't care. to 60. What do, who dude, who cares if the Tigers like I'll make care. the playoffs in if a the 60 Tigers game go season? 30, if they go like 33 and, like, 27, barely make the playoffs, and it's, like, fun, I will care. It's not I, – I understand it's not going to feel real. And the Tigers have actually, like, no shot to win the World Series regardless. Like, their roster is just that bad. Like, the, it's not going to happen. It would be fun, though, if they, like, kind of made the playoffs. Like, this is fun to watch. Yeah. Because you know I, okay. they're not going to win it. It would be I interesting. Agree. That's That's fair enough. I just think, for me, my concerns are so far beyond, like, what the team does in this 60-game sprint. Do I think the Tigers have the firepower to win to, – to go win a ton of games? I don't. No. And that's based on – that's, that's based thing. on – That sucks. They, <laughs> dude, like based on last year's sample of what you saw from your bats or lack thereof. Racing Riders like coming on this year, Rabs. Come on. Dude, I, they got a million catchers now they're trying to work out. They got Romine and – John Rogers. Hicks, are you kidding me? John <laughs> Hicks. Yeah. Big country John Hicks. Here's what I want. Hey, Jacoby Jones, maybe bat over 275. Christian Stewart, if you could bat your body weight, that would be sweet. Jamer, can we get you in for more than 30 games this year? Yeah. That would be nice. I don't that, like the, the arms. The, the, the development of pitching is, is such a hard task to do at the major league level. I'm not like, let's get Casey Mize in for 12 starts. Let's see Scooball for, or Manning. I, that, to me – I don't know how the minor league system is supposed to work this year. I really haven't done enough research on that. So if these guys aren't going to get appropriate time in minor league ball, then I don't care if these guys come up and get absolutely shelled when the Tigers win two games. But there is something to be said about confidence as a pitcher. If you bring these guys in and they're getting rocked, it's doing nobody any good. Like these, these, these people that want to see, like, let's get, let's get all the sexy guys up here from the, all the arms. Let's see Funkhauser. Let's see Manning. Let's see Burroughs. It's, it's, it's a 60 game season. You're not Just playing 162 one of them, though, games. Rabs. You don't want to see one of them. I would like to see one of them. Sure. Some like, I don't even care if Fado gets rocked. Put Fado in there to get rocked. I just want to see one of them. Yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. You you have to be you have to be prepared. I I need people to get off this train of like 
they're going to play the young guys and they're going to win 40 and go to the yeah, playoffs. It's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, it's not. Are. So so pick one. You're Dude. still paying Jordan Zimmerman $40 million to go out there and go 2-21 and 21 on the season. Listen, hey, hey, this is the year Daniel Norris figures it out. I love that guy, dude. He's unreal, but he, he needs to pitch way better than he actually does. Oh, oh, why do you love Daniel Norris? Well, like dude, I love the vibe. He's gritty. He does have a good vibe, but he's not good at baseball. He shaves with an axe. Does he? Yeah. No, he, no, do- he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He does. He shaves his face with an axe. I don't like him anymore then. That's such a hard-o move. Like, what's like wrong with you? True. Get, some sh- get some Gillette shavers and be a real man. Listen, you guys bring up some very interesting points. Thank you. I think I think the beauty and like yeah, you're welcome. I think the beauty and like the fact that it's a 60 game season, you can try some new things. And I know that sounds cliche as hell, but yeah, you can come get some of the young guys up because the fact is like it's pretty much just going to be a tryout almost. It's is it like a 60 man roster too? Sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. Well, 30. I don't think 60. I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it's large. I think they're cutting it down, like like Trent the said. Active, though, just yes, a, the active, the active. They're starting at like thirty, and they're like cutting down a couple players every couple of weeks or something. But sorry, Trent, to cut you off. Either way, go ahead. Oh, sorry. That's all I was gonna say was this is a good opportunity. There's two ways to look at it. It's like you said, Rabs. You can't be on the high horse of like play the young guys and win. You either gotta try to play some young guys, but be smart about it. Like you said, you don't want to rock all these young pitchers. But, what but if it would be nice to see them. What'd you say? But what if they're next? What if they, what if they come up and they're next? And the, the Tigers are winning at all? Then that's the beauty because then you use, <laughs> you use the 60-game season as a little kind of like launching pad for your rebuild finally. Because it seems in like shape. the last three years the Tigers haven't trended up. They really haven't. And we've <laughs> talked about that before until we're blue in the face. So I guess I would just uh, like to see – ideally I would like to see some of the younger guys – but I also like to win games because I'm a Mickey's fan. in shape, guys. Like People forget Mickey's in shape. Dude, it's not It's not even so much of, like, of, of young guys. Who is that? No, we right? – oh, my God. What, a, Daniel dude, Norris what is he doing? With an axe. He's shaving with an axe. Dude, I like the whole van. He's had a really cool van. That's nailed. He beat yeah. cancer. He hit that monster home run at Ridley. I was I like there. Daniel I got Norris. a video of it. It was there. Monster home run. Like, it was, was a bomb. There. They won, like, 17-2 to two that day. They killed him. Unreal. Please get a Gillette shaver or something, dude. I'm not even like a Gillette sponsor or a shill, <laughs> but can you please do that? Don't shave with an axe, you, this, like you psycho. This this 60 game season for me really isn't even so much about like I want to see every guy you've heard about for the last five years pitch this year. It's more so the guys like Daniel Norris, the guys like Buck Farmer. Christian Stewart, oh, Jacoby Jones, these guys that you hear, these names that have been in your system for so long, some Jamer, someone has to take a step in this 60-game sprint. Because, like, if I have to watch Nico Goodrum play a different position every day and, like, that's your – like, figure it out. Who are, who are your positional players? Because you're going to have – what's the guy with – you're going to have Torkelson come in and be your first or third baseman of – the next generation. Riley Green's going to have a spot in the outfield. So for the rest of these guys that have been trying to find a spot in the major leagues, someone has to bat above 220. Jamer Condelario, so, like someone, you know, Jake Rogers, are you going to come in and bat 175 again? It's going to be a battle between you and Grayson Griner of who can bat their body weight this year and get the starting catcher's job. Like these guys need to forget the, forget the guys you just drafted or forget the 
Forget all these arms you want to see. How about can we get some positional guys that can actually make a name for themselves and play? They don't have Cameron. Well, the middle is figured out. The middle is even middle. young. These guys aren't even young anymore. Yeah, because no they're not good. The Tigers <laughs> stink because these guys aren't good. Like Goodrum's, like they're he's fine. Other than that, they all stink. And Jake Rogers is a guy who, who isn't fair to say that he stinks because I I think he got like what like fifty games at the big league level, not even. Yeah. But they just drafted another catcher that's supposed to be like the catcher of the future. So what happened? What's what's Jake Rogers' deal? I don't know. I I think. They'll put a lot of time into Rodgers, and I, I I don't know if he gets a starting catching job, but I'm assuming they're going to hold, like, three or four catchers if they have, like, a 50-man roster to start the year out. It would be interesting because I, I, I do think Daz Cameron would be on the main roster, and I would, like, oh. Riley Green was raking so much, like, it would be kind of hard to leave him off a 50-man roster. When, when you met, like, yeah, just a couple he's weeks. Like, he's, like, 14 years old. Who cares? Well, Travis also, DeMeritt, too, another guy. Travis DeMeritt, how about that name? He has a funky swing. I don't like it. He's got one of those swings I'm like, this guy strike strike out a million times. You've said that multiple times. That's funny. It's so weird. I can't, I can't get over it. I don't like his swing. But when you brought up Buck Farmer, I literally almost got enraged. I hate that guy. Why is he still in the Tigers organization? He's so I mean, bad. Dude, even even I like Daniel Norris, but like, what's the plan? He's a starter, then he's not. He can't even pitch out of the bullpen. He gets lit up every time he pitches as, as a starting pitcher. That's what I mean, dude. Like, this is a great time to experiment. You guys, yeah, you know, but like, they experimented the last what's one sixty two. Here, here's my here's my final take on this season. If you think the Tigers are going to somehow take this sixty game sprint and get a, get a playoff spot, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Well, I they might win 20 games. I haven't had they sports in four months. Yeah, I, might, I, I, I'm gonna, I don't care who's on the roster. 20 and 40. 20 and 40. 60 They games. probably are. You know what? No, they're hitting over 22. If you look at their start, I got some advanced analytics from some of my friends in this group chat where it's basically like, hey, look at the start they had the first 60 games last year. Hit the over. They're, they're a hot team. Garden hires them to have them ready to play. Miggy's gonna whatever. be Miggy's gonna be great this year and be hurt all next year too. Miggy's good for fifteen games. He's good for fifteen wins. Oh, stop. Miggy will win oh, you for wins games. for wins. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying he'll we'll play fifteen games. Okay. I, 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 last thing I'm gonna say, I actually think the most important part of this like whole sixty games thing, if it happens, is how Michael Fulmer looks because I'm assuming yeah. he's healthy. And if he could become an asset again. I don't know if you keep him. I don't know if you move him. But, like, I think he's an important piece to look at in this Sitsy game. I don't know how many starts you'd probably get, maybe, like, four or five. But, like, because I'm I'm assuming they're going to have an extended rotation to start the year. Yep. So, yeah, I, I, I'll be very interested to see what Michael Fulmer looks like. That's my one, like, actual serious takeaway. Other than that, let's throw Tigers. All right, we do Pistons now, Trent. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, Pitt. Oh, here's my big announcement. I am announcing today on Friday, June 26th. As of today, I am no longer Pistons free. Oh, I'm back awesome. in. Yes. I'm back in. <laughs> I'm back Thank in on God. the Pistons. They're back. I'm back baby. in on the Pistons. Uh, if you have not heard the news, it's kind of old news at this point, but uh, the Pistons just hired former Oklahoma City Thunder general manager Troy Weaver. Will now be the gym in Detroit. He spent 12 years over at OKC. 
Uh, that Again, part of the whole Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, Russ Westbrook, James Harden era over there. Um, couple, I think first, first and foremost, my knee-jerk reaction, I'm glad they have a general manager. I didn't really get the whole dynamic of, like, what Stefanski was and, like, who had the power to negotiate and sign players, whatever. What I do like about Troy Weaver is he's had success in Oklahoma City. Before he came over here to Detroit, uh, they were starting their rebuild process in OKC officially now that Russ is gone. Um, I like that he was working with the smaller market team because it is always a challenge to get players to Detroit. Um, so, so I do like that. So th- that my initial knee jerk is like, look, you know, the guys had obviously the Oklahoma city is not a, not a championship winning organization, um, but he has had success. He has shown that he is able to scout pretty good talent at the basketball level. Um, so for me, it's all positive. I, I'm sure you guys have more information as far as good and bad with this guy, but um, I'm very, very happy with the fact that, that, that one, the Pistons do have a GM, and two, that it is Troy Weaver. So that is why I'm back in on Pistons basketball, and then I, whatever you guys have reactions-wise, then we'll get into some of the stuff that he said about his uh, his outlook on the team for the future. Well, I think Sam Presti is most creative and probably best GM in basketball. Like, for what he had, like, for what that, like, He's made some really bad – like, him trading Harden is, like, an all-time screw-up that you'll never recover from. But other than that, like, the things he's done to, like, get assets and acquire talent into a market like Oklahoma City is pretty impressive. And I, I like a guy having experience working under that guy. Like, how, how can we get creative here to bring some assets to Detroit? And so I, I, I like to move. I'm not going to answer. I know a ton about this guy. The whole thing about him is like he had big input when they drafted Russ, which was like at the time was not like a popular pick because it, it, like Russ was not supposed to go that early in the draft, but turned out pretty well for them. So I'm not an athlete. I know a ton about this guy. Like you said, it's nice to have a GM. You actually work like a regular run NBA organization not a Mickey Mouse, like, clown show. So it's nice that they have someone in the mix. So I'm happy with the move. And, and I don't know if it's, like, I, I just hope it like, – I don't know what I'm supposed to say because I don't know anything, like, this guy's really done because Presti's, like, calling the shots over there at OKC. But if he's helping with that decision-making and he's been able to learn from a guy like Presti, I'm all in. Okay. I am not all in, and I'll tell you why. Oh, no. Oh, I might be, be Pistons-free again. Listen, my knee-jerk reaction to this was it just infuriated me because, once again, the Pistons are trying to, like, be too cute, doing too much. You should have hired Chauncey Billups. Oh, God, I knew let, this. Let me, let me go. Let me go. Listen, Chauncey Billups has had an amp- – stop laughing. You guys laughing because Trent – No, no, Trent, I'll, I'll let you go. You think Troy Weaver? You think Troy Weaver is going to be a better – The only reason why I'm laughing is because I knew the only angle you were going to have is the why – I was just wanting you to be like, he's not – he hasn't proven anything. He no, doesn't make there. good moves. But it's because you wanted Tayshawn Prince and Chauncey and Rip to run the front off. <laughs> because, no, not, not Rip. Chauncey, why do the Pistons – No, not Rip. Listen, why do the Pistons publicly put out that they're that – they're, Interviewing Chauncey Billups. This is the, like the third time this happened. Why do you keep doing that if you're not going to hire him? And because don't tell me they gave him a fair shot. Like they're literally just trying to get fans in. Well, you brought in a guy who cares about the organization, who literally lives here, who, who's been an analyst on ESPN now for 
four or five years. He's a veteran. He's a great mind. He's right about everything, unlike a guy like Paul Pierce. He's right about everything. So here's the thing. I am not in the camp either, and I'm surprised you guys were both on Oklahoma City's high horse because I am not impressed with a lot of the things Oklahoma City has done over the last oh. four or five years. They, they, first of all, trading Harden is the worst move by a general manager in NBA. It's a bad move. Absolutely. It's a terrible move. 20 years. Then you couldn't keep Kevin Durant happy. He was arguably the best player. I mean, LeBron was the best player in the world. He was the second best player in the world when he left, and you couldn't retain him. Then you try to bring in Paul George, and you end up trading him to the Clippers after, after two years and not getting out of the first round. And then – you got Shane Gilchis, Alexander, and Chris Paul. Dude, I'm just not – I'm. Uh, they haven't won anything. I don't know why everyone wants that. And, yes, there is something to be said. What has Chauncey done as a GM? That's that's a thin track. Take a I, chance. Don't hire these cute guys. Stand take a chance on a guy who has no experience. I like Chauncey, and they, and they do want to hire him or Tayshaun. I do believe that. They just don't want – like, I don't even think Troy Weaver is calling the shots. Like, so that's why I get why you'd be mad. Just I, I don't think any GM in basketball is throwing the shots anymore. Because I think Ed Stefanski is to become the president of basketball operations. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And that's usually the guy who's making the basketball decisions. Yeah, that's essentially the general manager. But So I get what you're saying with bringing Chauncey in the Mets. I do think they want to bring Chauncey and Tayshaun back, but they're afraid to fall flat on their face. Because if you look back at basketball history, Players don't necessarily make good GMs. It's just a fact. And I love Chauncey. Chauncey's my favorite case than ever. Chauncey, I love get the guy. Chauncey in the front office. Late suits. It, and, and listen, let me, let, me, let me just go – let me backtrack a little bit to what I was saying before. I am not in the camp of – I am super impressed by OKC. I'm just not. Like, I, I don't think that they've been a bad front office, but I definitely don't think that that's, that's a huge feather in someone's cap. Like, I worked in the OKC front office. How about – I, I think they're a top five front office the last 15 years. And they've won nothing. They've had a lot of in Oklahoma City. So here's, here's the thing. So I guess even if you are in the camp, like you guys, of like, okay, that's impressive because I work for OKC. You know what that sounds a lot like to me? Matt Patricia with the Yes, that's it fair. does. Don't sell me on this Troy Weaver guy because of Sam Presti's success or lack thereof or his sham of he gets players with OKC. It's great, dude. I get it. It's awesome. Sham. They didn't win. They didn't win. And now you – That doesn't change the fact that they drafted Russell Westbrook and Serge Ibaka in the same draft. It doesn't change the fact that even when they cha- they trade Paul George, they get a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander who's going to be a player for the next 10 years. Yeah, and they pawned off – made smart moves. For Kyle Singler. Genius moves. Genius moves from the OKC front office. They got rid of Reggie Jackson and put him on us. That seems like a pretty good move to me. All right. All right. At the well, time, it okay. was not. Let's, here's, here's the, other, the other angle that I want to attack this move, right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad we have differing opinions, and now I'm scared that I'm not pissing-free anymore. Um, Troy Weaver was pretty uh, vocal about Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose being a part of the future of, of this move. Obviously, no, go. this is my other thing, and we'll, I'll talk. Yeah, about no, I and I, 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 don't, I want to hear this. No, no, no I, I, I was just I was just gonna I was gonna set the stage. I was just gonna set the stage to. Um, we've we've talked about Blake Griffin's future here for a while. I know we're kind of on different pages as far as what that looks like. Obviously, as we talked about for weeks and weeks upon months during the NBA season. 
this upcoming free agent class is nothing to write home about. Next year is the year where you have to imagine they're going to make some splashes. So you might see some one-year deals here and there. They only have like $70 million on the books as far as contracts go. Um, but Trent, we'll start with you as far as what, what, where do you, do you agree with Troy Weaver that Blake and D Rose should be a part of the future? Or what would you like to see the Pistons do from here? Uh, they've at least verbally committed to these two guys. Okay, I don't know any Pistons fans who don't like Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin. I, 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 they're, they're good guys. They're fun to watch when they're healthy. They're both injury prone. They're both past their prime. They're both – I mean, D. Rose's contract is actually a bargain for what he's giving you. Blake Griffin's contract is horrible. And, like, he doesn't play. Guys, I have forgotten that Blake Griffin's a Piston. Like, literally this last half season, I just I forget <laughs> that that guy's on our team. Seriously. Because I'm watching the Pistons put out lineups with John Henson, Brandon Knight, and, and Seku for crying out loud. And I love Seku. I, Shout out John Hanson. I'm just to the point, dude. Don't th- – this is this is the problem the Pistons are going to face for the next 10 years because this dude comes in here. Troy Weaver, sorry. I, I don't want to call him this dude. That's, that's, that's disrespectful. He comes in here and he says, the Pistons are not rebuilding. They're – what did he say? Revamping or something like that. No, dude, we need to rebuild. We need to rebuild. Do you want another 10 years of two eight-seed appearances and sweeps by Giannis and LeBron? Because that's what we're going to get. It's going to be – Pistons are going to get swept in the first round by Trey Young and Jason Tatum after being an eight-seed over the next 10 years. That's just what you're going to get. I don't know. I'm 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 stumbling on uh, that. The thing, like Trent, when he's talking about Blake, though, he has to say that. Like they're not moving Blake. Dude, they're not going to be like it. that. You don't have to say he's part of the future. Like, well, he is because you're paying him like forty mil, and he's not. You're not going to be able to move that contract unless they're able. Unless they want to take another bad contract, like a really really bad contract, like that. Then you, he's going to be around and. This might be a hot take. I do think Blake has a couple more years where he will be fine. He's not going to be worth what he's getting paid, but he will be yes. – he made third-team All-NBA last year, and people act like he was some high flyer. It's not his game. Nope, he is going really, and, and especially without, like, Drummond. Because, like, I think Drummond was best used right before they got Blake, where Drummond was kind of like the facilitator of the offense and he was making good passes and stuff. And then they kind of brought Blake in, and it was kind of like a mismatch. They did that weird Blake and Andre pick and roll. But when you have – like, if you have the ability to have a guy like Christian Wood who can step out and have Blake and a four who is able to move the ball and pass the ball and find open shooters, I think that's an interesting possibility. And, and I think he could create, like, some afterlife of what he was before because you saw it already two years ago, the last two years. Yeah. Oh, look, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in there and I'll throw it to Rams. But, like, I, I just think Blake Griffin, obviously, you, you laid it out, so I won't harp on it. He's very good when he's healthy. Factually, he's, he's like, literally borderline top ten player in the NBA when he's healthy. Maybe like, a Hall of Famer. He, he could be. But, like, and, and I, I truly believe this, and this is maybe a hot take, I think Blake Griffin, the basketball player right now, is better than he ever was with the Clippers because he has changed his game. He's yeah. lost his athleticism, and he has, he's had to adapt. He's a better shooter now. He's a better passer now. He's a better ball handler now. He can score in the low post a little bit better. He can't jump as high, I'm aware. He can't run as fast. But it's like – he, Like, those late years in L.A., you saw it. Like, he averaged a triple-double, and that's the Spurs in the playoffs, basically. Yeah. 
He, he was like a top five player basically in the league. He had a little bit of that athletic ability. But you saw it the last couple of years of the Pistons. He's just really crafty. And he's he plays hard. He plays really hard no. for an older guy and for a guy who's just dating models left and right. I know that's a stupid like thing to even bring up when you start about playing hard, but he does play hard. He's not like a really flashy type of guy anymore. And I, I think he has a couple I'm not saying he's gonna have like an all-star year or something. I think he could be productive. Like his yeah. contract stinks, but I, I I don't think he'll be as good as Chris Paul. But everyone talks about how Chris Paul's contract's so bad. And, and you see in OKC, he's still a productive player. Yep. Like, I think once they get Blake back, he's still going to be productive. I agree. And if there's a way you can make it work, great. I just don't – I don't like the sentiment of – yeah, but I, I don't know, dude. I'm just – I think they're going to trade Derrick Rose. And I'm sick of, like, this team in a carousel. You got rid of Andre. Great. I liked Andre, but I understand that he probably wasn't – you're not going anywhere with that. Are you really going somewhere with Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose? I don't mean that to demean those guys. They're old, injury-prone guys, and I just don't – I don't want to hear that. I'm, I understand he kind of had to say that because, like, you come into town and you got to please people and stuff like that. And he is your star player in the face of your franchise. Get it. But talk about Sekou. Talk about Bruce Brown. Talk about how you're going to draft better than the, than the previous yeah. general managers have. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just uh, – I'll give the guy a fair shot. Because uh, I, I, I think I, – obviously, he's a very smart guy. He's been in the front office in, in, the, in the National Basketball Association for 15 years or whatever it is. But it's like I, I just I, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hard on him because I feel like the Pistons just once again got too cute and made this hire and tried to find a diamond in the rough. And it just – I don't know. That infuriates I give Because I, I think it would be cool if they brought back Chauncey. I thought it would have been hilarious if, like, Tayshawn was the GM. <laughs> How funny would that have been? Just not talking to the media. Well, I just think at some point you need to get one of those guys in the front office. You just I think they're going that's to. What the Wings did. That's what the Wings did with Iserman. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he's proven. He proved himself in Tampa. That's like the difference. Okay. Like, say, okay. And, and last thing I want to say, shout out at Stefanski. People were getting all mad about the Andre Drummond, how they got nothing for him. He opted into his contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. That would have been a disaster for the Pistons. Yep. So, like, when people are getting so mad about that trade that they didn't get anything bad, like, I think the Pistons have made some decent moves over the last two years. The problem is Stan Van Gundy has set them back so far. It's so hard to erase, like, the moves they made. Like, the, like Blade's contract's immovable. Reggie's contract was immovable. Now that he's off the books, and, and on it, like – I'm interested to see what Troy Weaver has to do. And I will agree with you, Trent. It's a vanilla hire. I don't think it was too cute. I think it was vanilla. Like, it, well, I, I, I don't necessarily say, oh, this is a splashy move. This is interesting. I think Chauncey would have been interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree that it, it was vanilla. I guess that's what I'm saying. I, I think by doing that, they're trying to be too cute. Like, what are you – why? I, I, don't, I don't know, dude. I, I, I could talk in circles, right? I'll give him a chance, even though he's a Jim Beheim assistant, and I hate Syracuse basketball. Hate him. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have have too much to add. I just think that when I when I look at this roster come, you know, next next season, obviously the Pistons are not playing basketball anymore for the rest of this year. I, I should say the rest of this calendar basketball season. Um, but going into next year and the year after, you you have some legitimate cap space to work with. And I look at the roster, you know, I, I don't know what the plan is for Luke Kennard. I would I would have to imagine that they 
I can't even say what I would have to imagine because you have a new guy that's essentially in charge. If that, if he's going to have uh, free will to do what he wants with, with the roster. Um, but between Luke Kennard, between Seku, between Bruce Brown, between Kyrie Thomas, between Christian Wood, it, it, it seems like you have some good pieces to build off of young guys. So when I, when I hear, you know, Blake Griffin as a part of the future, they're not going to sign – Blake Griffin's only a Piston for two more years. So he's not going to get signed beyond that. I don't think Derrick Rose, if he's – I mean, he'll still be playing basketball, I would have to assume. I, if it comes down to when these guys – when their contracts are up, if I see that Blake Griffin's getting a two-year extension at age 33 for 25-some million dollars, then I'm going to have a problem. If I see Derrick Rose is getting paid $15 million for another two-, three-year deal – then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a problem. When I just think future of this team, I just think that what Troy Weaver is saying or what I hope he is saying, that for at least the next year or two, these guys aren't going anywhere as just being guys there that are veterans that can help bring young guys in and show them the ropes. And they really don't have – I mean, Derek Rose, you could probably move his contract pretty easily to a team that could use him. But like Colin said, Blake Griffin's not going anywhere. So to come out and say that Blake Griffin's a part of the future isn't really that big of a deal to me, just as long as, like I said, if we're not talking come 2022-23 season, you're signing this guy on for two more years when he's already 33 years old. But look, you got it. You have to hit in this year's draft. I don't think it's not so much of a – He's not running the draft, though. He's not – like, Stefanski's still running the draft. So, I – like, I – honestly, I had an opinion. Like, I think it's nice to have some good experience, but, like, he's not running the draft. Well, then either – I don't even know what the – what's the point? They should have made Trent the GM then if he's not – like, I don't think so. I don't know. That's the thing about the Pistons. I have no idea what the structure of their organization is right now. So I could be completely wrong that he could be running their draft. Like, Trent, do you have any idea? Like, I have no idea what's wrong. Like, is Stefanski still calling the shots? There are or is 30, he out of the, out of the picture? Professional, 30 professional basketball teams in America, and one of them somehow didn't have an official general manager for the last two years. But Unbelievable. Whatever. <laughs> good, man. Let's, just, let's just move on. All right, whatever. We'll talk about our on. best franchise in the city. Yes, okay, the Detroit yeah. Lions. This was big news. Let's pretty, go, Sheila. Pretty fresh as well. Uh, Lions, I wouldn't say long time, but she's been a part of the family for a long time. Martha Ford steps down as the principal owner. Of course, she took over in 2014 uh, when her husband, William Clay Ford Jr., passed away. Uh, she has now stepped down. Sheila Ford Hamp, the daughter, is now taking over as the principal owner. I don't know. I, I haven't really had a pulse on, like, Lions Twitter or what the opinion – I haven't listened to, like, 97.1 about it as far as what people think about the moves, the team staying in the family. Uh, people seem to have opinions on Sheila Ford. I don't know how, but whoever wants to take this one before I jump in, go ahead. Well, I guess she – I, I haven't really read that much like you said, Revs. I guess she's, like, a power – she's been, like, in the mix – it's been like I think the son and her have been making a lot of the moves and stuff, and I guess she was a big part in why Martin Mayhew was let go. I think that's like the, her biggest like attribute. Like, is that an attribute? I don't know if that's like even the right word to say for that. But I mean, whatever. I mean, it's in the Ford family. I don't care. It, 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 like, unless I see notable changes, which. I don't think we're going to see, then, like, why would I – I don't think this is that significant of a move. I hope it is, but I don't think it is. 
I think I think it's a step in the right direction for sure because what you have now is a second generation owner instead of a first generation owner who's had the team since 1960 whatever. So it's like yeah. now you can actually maybe talk yourself God, into the they might sell. They might sell. You know, like maybe maybe obviously they're not going to sell right away. But th- these Sheila is not going to be as attached at the hip to the Lions organization as Martha was because Martha's husband bought the team way back. You know what I mean? It, you know how that goes, but. Beyond beyond just that, this sucks I, so much, her, I, I listened to some of her stuff and read up on like the things she's been saying. She wants to get more involved in analytics. She wants to be more in the public eye than her than her mother was. Dude, she, her, I'm gonna miss Martha's sunglasses. Martha Vader. Go. She, she said she she said on multiple multiple times in her presser that expectations for Bob Quinn and Patricia are still very high, and I love that. Uh, and, and she just said, you know, she said the classic, you know, the fans deserve to win. The city deserves to win. I hate to lose. And you know uh, what? Do you, now, do you now, hate to lose, Sheila? I'm, I'm fine with that for now. I'll trust that for now. Things will, things will unfold. I think the Lions are a good team, and we'll get to all that later. But it's like I, I want to give Martha a shred of credit because I think – I really do think that after her husband unfortunately passed away, she was a little bit – I, I just got the vibe that she cared more. I don't know. She was just more. Like, I think so too. You know, she cared a little bit more, and they did. You know, and people people might think I'm joking saying this. They made the playoffs two times in six years under her. Like that's not it's not bad considering the track record the Lions have. Not bad. So I, I just think it's a step in the right direction, and like you said, it's a second generation owner now. There's a better chance of her of her selling, and and her opening statement got me fired up. So I'm, I'm in on her for now. I, can't, I got no other choice, right? No, I guess. I mean, I'm just so uh, – they stink as owners. Like, how do you uh, – Yeah. So bad. Up pretty good there. I don't, even, I don't even have anything to say. Like, they're just not good at their jobs. I know. And honestly, there's not, there's not a whole lot to talk about here. It's more just like it happened, you know? I will say this. I like the name Sheila. All, every Sheila I know is intuitive. It's out of attitude. I like that name. I, uh, I, I, Trent, I agree with you as far as like, I, I, I don't know, and I'm not going to pretend to know who was working, if, if Martha was calling the shots or if Sheila was working, Mar- Martha is a puppet. I have to imagine that for a 95, four year old woman, probably not that heavily involved in day to day operations as it is. So, this idea that Sheila was at least being quote unquote groomed to run the organization at some point makes me feel a bit more comfortable that she at least understands how things operate on a business level. Um, I have no reason to sit here and throw a fit that the team is still in the family. Like, what, is, what did you want me to do? You know, I just, I hope, as, yeah. as, as, we, as we talked about, I would have to imagine that it's not like Sheila is like 30 years old, but, you know, it's a, it's a younger generation. I hope that she has more of a pulse on the fan base and what winning football looks like. Not that she's been around winning football, but you have to just look at this. Make your concessions it's, cheaper. Sure. It, it's fresh eyes. It's fresh eyes on an organization that seems like it's just been the same thing over and over again. So can I sit here and promise you that there's going to be big changes? No, but I'm also not going to sit here and tell you that it's going to be the same old Lions crap because it's the same family and the same last name. That's yeah. ridiculous to do because, well, what, what, like, what do you, does anyone know about Sheila Ford or what she does on a day-to-day basis? Who knows? Well, you just she said might- that she, you just said the exact like thing that everyone is thinking. 
She was probably in the mix for a long time with the day-to-day operations. Right, but, but yeah. It's, but this, I, it's, until you see notable changes, it's hard not to be like, it's the Ford family. Like, it, correct. It, it's the Ford, and, and sure. they have no success at doing this. I just think you're now, you're now quite obviously, you're too far gone to make any personnel changes at this point now that you're rolling into a new season. If I, I think where her first test is going to be as an owner and you're going to get a feel of what kind of direction this team is going in is if Patricia and the Lions have a very similar year to last year or if they don't break uh, a playoff barrier or whatever the barometer is, and that's a conversation for a completely different day, if they don't rise to the occasion and Sheila goes, you know what, see you, Bob, see you, Matt, then we're like, okay, now we're talking and, like, we're, we're starting to move. But if I'm, if I'm going to be in the two more years down the road and we're sitting here having the same conversation with the Lions won 8-8 eight and eight last year, when's the year that's going to be, like, the, the like when, what's going to move? then we might have a problem. But I don't know. Again, I, I don't even care to speculate. as like now the team's going to get sold or whatever. Jeff Bezos, here he comes. Like I don't, I don't know. It, it's news for the sake of th- this team has been in the Ford family for decades and it obviously rightfully moved to Martha when her husband passed away. And now you're seeing a second generation come in. So you just have to hope that things are different in a sense of I, all I ask of Sheila Ford is, understand your fan base and what fans like dislike as far as how you operate as a team game day operations long-term short-term and then if if the team isn't being successful have the balls to make a move or if not if you don't care which I don't think she doesn't care for a team to be in your family that long you have to care somewhat so I don't know I don't have any grandiose opinions of like oh same old lion that's still in the Ford family. Well, yeah, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? I don't understand. Like, what? How are people yeah, mad the team? Whatever. If I was, if I was a, a multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever, I wouldn't be selling that team either. No, I mean it's a cash cow. Also, Trent, are you drinking a Red Bull right now? Yes, I am. Are you a Red Bull? I had a long night. I told Rabs this. I went to bed at six a.m. Oh jeez! I woke up. It was actually it was damn near seven. Like when I actually fell asleep. Oh, sick those are the worst. Yeah. So I, oh. I, I was pretty I was pretty excited when you guys said we pushed back to noon record time instead of ten thirty. But yeah, Rab said you had to work out. How did that go? It was good. I, I obviously yesterday it was funny. One of my one of my roommates I had to drop off at Powerhouse Gym yesterday. Uh, and when I went to pick them up, I said there were police in there and they were shutting the gym down at five o'clock. So I think gyms are closed, but you are still legally allowed to do like outdoor workouts and classes. So we went uh, to an undisclosed location with undisclosed people. We were following guidelines. It was, it was fine, whatever. We were just lifting some weights and we were keeping it clean outdoors, proper space, but it was good. That's why I had to, I couldn't go that early this morning. I had to pump some iron and whatever yeah the lions have a ford who's the owner it's so whatever like like you said rats it's not it's like non it is news but it's like what what are we gonna say i think we 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 pretty much nailed it yeah i don't yeah i'm excited i'm bought in what how are you excited that's the thing Trent. that i don't think you'd be excited (laughs) or like lion season it's change you know like it's and i know what you're gonna say it's not like it's not change with a capital c but it's I just said it's a different move. It's like one of those moves you're like, oh, okay, cool. 
It's not like, oh, let's go. This is cool. It's like, yeah, okay. It's cool. It's cool. Cool. It, All right. Well, last thing. It, it, it's like a little. It's a sliver of of Kool Aid mix in my Kool Aid. How's that? It's, a little extra sugar. Little, little pinch of Kool Aid sugar. Gotcha. A little extra sugar. A little bit. All right. Should we let's do the Who Am I? I got it this week. I kind of just slap it together. So I I already also might have already done this guy. So I apologize. Omar um, Fonte. No. Nope. Our leaderboard here, I am six and five. I've had a really tough couple of weeks. I'm six and five. Collins, you're seven and four. Trent, you're six and four. So we could see Trent take the lead here today, maybe. I'm going to say this. I'm waiting till all the clues because my phone is in a different area. So I'm going to wait for all the clues today. Okay. I blew it last week by guessing Josh Bynes instead of James Hannibal. I'm going to try to – I'm going off of the uh, – I'm going off of the straight Wikipedia page here. It's not a very long one. I'm sorry. I'd be impressed. Collins, you should get it. Trent, if you – you could get it too, Trent. Just so it's bear a with one. me. Bear with me. All right. Uh, I was born on April 3rd, 1983 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Okay. Uh, I think I stand, a lot of basketball players from Toronto. Probably not. Sorry, Trent. Just bear with me. I stand five foot eleven, one hundred and eighty-five pounds. Good weight. Good weight. Uh, I played my junior hockey for the Plymouth Whalers of the Ontario Hockey League. Rest in peace. Yes, I love the Whalers, dude. We should great I have that logo right here. So my poster. Great logo. Yeah. <laughs> Got my Whalers poster. Uh, I was drafted fourth overall in the 2001 NHL entry draft by the Florida Panthers. I then made my NHL debut in the 2001-2002 season where I recorded one goal and one assist in seven games. Ravs, I think I already know who it is, but I have no idea what his name is. Oh, Tough bounce. Florida Panthers, uh, what a joke of a franchise. <laughs> I got to keep reading. I'm sorry. I, this guy has one of the worst Wikipedia pages ever. You should go to Ryan uh, Rayburn's Wikipedia page. It's way better. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. Uh, um, uh, that's not good. I can't do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I should have done better. Uh, oh, and uh, uh, that's not good either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, dude. in two thousand in two thousand thirteen, he played. This is he bad. played. He played for the Panthers. Okay, he played for the. We might need. We might need to retire the segment for a little bit. He played for the Panthers, uh, and on July fifth, two thousand thirteen, I signed a five-year, twenty-four and a half million dollar contract with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, where I then began to wear number ninety. I know who it is. Uh, I only played – I played 26 games in the 2013-14 season, uh, and then I had hernia surgery. Uh, and then in 2015, uh, the Wings bought out the last three years of my contract, and I never played hockey ever again. They signed this uh, guy when they signed Alferson, right? I don't know. It's not, it's not one of my clues. So, was that just two clues? So, yeah. 732 games played, 423 points. Uh, what else? He's, he's a center. He's Canadian. He played from 01 to 15. That's all I got. I'm sorry. Can I say it? Trent, do you no, have I, any guesses? I, I got nothing. Nope. I'm sorry, guys. That was horrible. I, that was horrible. We got to put this segment on the shelf for a couple of weeks and read. Yeah, we might have to. Get Maybe get some fresh blood in here. Because we, we, we're not having the energy we need. 
at the back end of the show with a good segment. We'll figure yeah. something else. Yeah. Maybe something else. But uh, is it? I don't, I don't think this is his first name, but it's Stephen Weiss. Yeah, his first name. Counts. Is that his first Weiss. name? It is. Yep. He um, went, what's a one tooth too? Well, he had more than one tooth. But he had the mouth. he had the chipped tooth. Didn't he? Uh, he was missing a tooth, but he did he did have more than one tooth in his mouth. He was on that uh, when the Wins played in the Winter Classic, the twenty four seven. That was like the year he was in the mix with them. Dude, Stephen Weiss was a very serviceable hockey player too. He just got hurt a little bit. I know he had some problems with some different coaches along the way, but it's too good. bad he didn't get his time. I mean, again, that's a that's a horrible contract too. The Wings might still be paying. Nah, they're done now. Well, they signed Weiss and Elferson at the same year. I remember that. And Elferson was nasty. Like, he was nice for them. So. Yeah, I love Danny Elferson. One out of two, I'm but you'll take that. Sorry, I'm sorry that I uh, – that was horrible. I, that I, was a Ryan Collins in my mind. Here's the thing. I, I, knew, I knew I had to do one, and then as we started the show, I for, completely forgot to find a guy. So I just kind of panicked during Pistons, and I was like, who is the first Red Wing I can think of? And this is Stephen just how Weiss. the show works, though. This is just how the show works. If, yeah, but we got, we got to freshen it up a little bit. If Rabs doesn't remind me or Collins, we don't do it. So if no one is there to keep Rabs in check, we you just go, do everything either. goes to shit. I'm so, a mush. I'm mush. You get a haircut, Rabs? I had one. You guys saw it last week or two Did weeks I? ago. That's good. Thanks. All right. Anyway, got anything else, anything else to talk about? Nope. No, I'm going to shoot a 75 today, though. I can feel it. Good. I'm happy for you. I did not play very well at Oak Point Country Club the other day. Tough course, the honors course. Where's that at? Brighton. Uh, I was wondering this. You, you're playing out there in East Saint. Can you get on to Forest Acres West, or is that private? No, you can. Is it just more expensive? Yes. Substantially? Uh, it's like, I think you can play at East for like 25 bucks is like the student rate. And then I think West cart? is like 40 West. Yeah. Yeah. West is like 45. It's not bad at all. Yeah. Both tracks. Yep. Okay. All right. Good well, episode. Guess, good episode, guys. We got all four teams covered today. Fingers crossed for the wings tonight. Get the number one overall pick. I'll, I'll be I'm texting watching. you guys. I'm watching. You might need Trent might need to you might need to drive over to my place and give me CPR if they don't get number one or two. If they don't get one, I'll be a mess. Um, either way, that's it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. Don't go to Harper's. I'm Ryan Collins. Don't go to Harper's. Yep. I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter or on the Facebook page. Don't miss a single episode. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. New episodes every single week. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. We'll see you next time.